real privilege to kind of be given the responsibility to start off this year at Hope Church Sittingbourne, kind of speaking on a Sunday. Um, bit of a COVID interrupted Christmas for us Gregory's, but we won't go there. We're here this morning and it's really good to be with you. So um, I'm just going to share some thoughts uh, and it's interesting what Gordon was praying because um, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, right, do I say about, you know, hopefully you guys can separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of those of you that know me, I can waffle and waffle and go off piste, some kind of thing. So hopefully you'll be able to get my point and you'll be able to travel with me nicely. So as we say goodbye to 2021, we can say confidently that 2022 has just begun. I'm not a poet, honestly. Uh, But what does the future bring? What does this new year have in store for you? What do you have in store for it? Where do you see yourself in 12 months' time? Where will Hope Church Sittingbourne be in 12 months' time? Does this time fill you with excitement or does it fill you with fear? My kind of title, kind of title this morning is around Fear Not. So just the two words, fear not. Aren't we so privileged to be able to do this? Um, Church on the ground, not within the four walls of of a church building or in a school enclosed with a fence, being all protected. Um, What a blessing it is to um, be able to be church in Costa, in Sittingbourne. I hope that's a blessing that still rings true for for you this morning. Um, Many of us here have been to many churches, but this is where the rubber really hits the road. Who knows who will join us this morning? Uh, Who knows who will walk up those stairs? Um, Who knows who may come in and question the things that we or myself start to talk about this morning? I remember a real tangible sense of fear in the first few weeks of when we first started meeting here at Costa, for those of you that are around. Um, As many, if not all of you know, this isn't my normal Sunday posting, as it were. Um, I would normally be leading worship on the guitar and singing. I'm fully experienced in doing so, um, not blowing trumpets or anything like that, but have done so for many, many years. Um, But for those first few Sundays here, I was letting something in. And I'm rhyming again, and that was fear. Honestly, not planned. Um, I don't want to digress too much, but I can be incredibly fearful sometimes. If you're ever with me and you see me standing behind my two daughters as they run off wearing Wellingtons, uh, you'll see my posture and it's normally like this. Um, But yeah, there was something incredibly fearful about that first Sunday here, those first few Sundays. So this talk is as much for me as it is for for you. So what is fear? Um, I've kind of churned up a lot of stuff from the internet I hope you don't mind but I thought it was quite helpful for me and hopefully for you in terms of just kind of getting a few ideas of what fear is what we can do kind of practically and then I'll kind of unpack some of it so fear is a natural powerful and primitive uh, human emotion it involves a universal biochemical response as well as a high individual emotional response Fear alerts us to the presence of danger or the threat of harm, whether that danger is physical or psychological. Sometimes fear stems from real threats, but it can also originate from imagined dangers. So fear can also be a symptom of some mental health conditions, um, panic disorders, PTSD and, and things like that. 
So fear is composed of two primary reactions to some type of perceived threat, a biochemical and emotional. So in biochemical, fear is a natural emotion and a survival mechanism. When we confront a perceived threat, our bodies respond in specific ways. There's physical reactions to fear, including sweating, he says, increased heart rate, not quite, and high adrenaline levels that make us extremely alert. The physical response, as some of you might know, is either fight or... Thank you, Teresa. See, I'm doing well. No heckling so far. With which your body prepares itself to either enter combat or to run away. It's an automatic response that is crucial to our survival. You've got the emotional response. The emotional response to fear, on the other hand, is highly personalised because fear involves some of the same reactions in our brains that positive emotions do. Like happiness and excitement do, feeling fear under certain circumstances can be seen as fun, like when you watch Charlton Athletic or Tottenham Hotspur play football. Some people are adrenaline seekers, thriving on extreme sports and other fear-inducing thrill situations, whereas others have a negative reaction to the feeling of fear, avoiding fear-inducing situations at any given cost. Although the physical reaction is the same, the experience of fear may be perceived as either positive or negative, depending on the person. So some of those symptoms might be chest pain, chills, dry mouth, nausea, rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, and so on. In addition to the physical symptoms of fear, people may experience psychological symptoms of being overwhelmed, upset, feeling out of control, or a sense of impending I won't use the term, but it begins with D and ends in H. There are things such as phobias. One aspect of anxiety can be a tendency to develop a fear of fear, where most people tend to experience fear only during a situation that is perceived as scary or threatening. Those who live with kind of anxiety may become afraid that they will experience a fear response. A phobia is a twisting of the normal fear response, if that makes sense. The fear is directed towards an object or situation that does not present a real danger, though you recognise that the fear is unreasonable, you can't help the reaction. And over time, the fear tends to worsen as the fear of fear response takes hold. Now, I could go on with my notes, um, but I can see that I'm kind of just going a bit bonkers So there's stuff like the causes of of fear and anxiety, the types of fears and anxieties and so on. Something that um, I kind of found when uh, looking into it, uh, in terms of treatments for those with fears, um, get this, there's a thing called flooding. This is a type of exposure technique that can be quite successful, it says. Flooding based on the premise that your phobia is a learned behaviour and you need to unlearn it. With flooding, you are exposed to a vast quantity of the feared object or exposed to a feared situation for a prolonged amount of time in a safe, controlled environment until the fear diminishes. Are you still with me? So, for example, if you're fearful of snakes, you might get put in a room full of snakes for a long time until you kind of get over it, which is a bit bonkers. The point is that you get past the overwhelming anxiety and panic to a place where you have to confront your fear, confronting your fear, and eventually realise that you're okay. 
This can help reinforce a positive reaction. How do you cope with fears? You know, we're kind of, um, although a church plant, uh, we are good in number, uh, and that we've got good coping mechanisms as a church. Um, it says here, get social report. You know, having supportive people in your life can help you manage your feelings of fear. Are you in a running partnership? Uh, do you try to get yourself involved in households, etc.? Take care of your health. Eat well. Maybe not for a few days after Christmas. Uh, but get regular exercise and get adequate sleep each night. Theory side aside. We live in a very fearful and anxious society. And if we're not careful, fear can consume us, as we've just heard about. So what about us? You know, Gordon's song choices this morning. Um, I was just sat there thinking, ah, this talk. And then just that word, the, the line in my head of, you know, there's a place for me. There's a place for me. You know, the kind of fear subsides when you hear kind of truth like that it's it's really encouraging isn't it what ingredients skills characteristics can we look to develop in order to make and be the change where can we look in the bible to give us the right foundations there are many different scriptures that i'll refer to throughout and quotes Uh, so if you've got a pen it may come in handy the main verse that springs to mind uh, for the time being is isaiah 41 verse 10 So this is where Isaiah is bringing prophecy to the Israelites. He says that they are chosen and not cast off. He then then says in verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How reassuring are those two words? Fear not. I, as in God, in this, in this context, will strengthen you, will help you, will uphold you. I think I mentioned earlier that many of us have been in churches before. Hope Church may have inherited many fears that could hinder the work that Jesus has called us to in this town, the surrounding villages, the county, our nation, and the ends of the earth. Let's make today a momentous occasion whereby we nail our hope colours to the mast. And Gordon, I don't mean Pantones. Bit of (laughs) humour. I mean, what makes the way we engage with our relationship with God and how we serve our church different to perhaps the way we served churches before? Or whereby we make a stand that we won't succumb to fears early doors if you're new to the faith or haven't been to church for a long, long time. When preparing for this talk this morning... I looked at a number of scriptures and quotes, and here's a quote uh, to get us going to the main points of my talk. Who knows Bear Grylls? Anyone know Bear Grylls in the house? Good stuff. So he says, There is little faith involved in setting out on a journey where the destination is certain and every step in between has been mapped in detail. Bravery trust is about leaving camp in the dark when we do not know the route ahead and cannot be certain we will ever return. So fear is all around. But it's about those adjustments that we make by the way of the truths we know or reminding, reminding ourselves of them that we will see much fruit in gospel advance, the advancement of the gospel. In the life of a church plant, the life of Hope Church, it takes a lot of faith, 
because as organised as Gordon and Natalie are in overseeing the plant, referring to the quote I just shared, the destination is not always certain. The steps aren't mapped out in detail in terms of determining what happens in the future. Yes, God will never leave nor forsake us, but it will take some of us to face our fears and trust God to help and guide us through. So here are a few thoughts based around our church's vision, around the four letters of hope. Can I have four volunteers to remind us of what they are? Any volunteers? Ian, go on there, let's go H. Honour. Cool, yeah, honour Jesus. Anyone want to help me with O? Obey. Obey, yes, Teresa. Obey his slash God's word. Anyone for P? Pray Pray beyond ourselves. Thank you, Jonathan. And lastly, E. Everyone, everyone a witness, could be everywhere, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that one. Um, so firstly, honour Jesus. I've looked up on the website, Gordon will be happy to know. Um, it says, we intentionally honour the person of Jesus and his kingdom rule and reign in our everyday lives. So I don't know about you, but when I think of fearless, fearful sorry, societies in the Bible, in my mind turns to Corinth. Uh, I've come across a brilliant... Uh, but slightly long quote from Terry Virgo, and it goes like this. There were excesses in the church at Corinth. But what does Paul say to them? Does he say never speak in tongues again, never prophesy again, never give vent to these feelings that you have within you? He does not say any of the sort. The whole atmosphere in the early church was charged with the spirit, and they expressed that in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The really important question of us to face is, are we like the early church? Are we like the early Christians? Rejoicing and praising God, filled with gladness and joy, so that we amaze the world and make them think at times that we are filled with the new wine. Let us avoid all excesses. Let everything be done decently and in order. But above all, quench not the spirit. Rather be filled with the spirit and give evidence of the fact that you are. So two things. Uh, I think of when reading this quote. Firstly, what holds us back from being like the early church? Being like the early Christians. You know, we've looked at the early parts of Acts a lot over the last couple of years. Um, Let's have a look at a few scriptures and see how fears are stilled in various verses. Have you noticed a lot of the time scripture addresses fear first? Fear not. Do not be afraid. Some of them says, I may not be shaken. There's a confidence And as we see from the next scripture, the fruit of confidence in honouring Jesus is an assurance and joy of who he is. I'll say that again. The fruit of confidence in honouring Jesus is an assurance and joy of who he is. So in Acts 2, 25 to 28, for those of you that are making notes, it says, For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. My heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, my flesh will also dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Now I don't know about you, but that passage of scripture, the word therefore really jumps out at me. It speaks to me of being like an equal's. Kind of, you know, if you do this, this will happen. In faith, saying, I will not be shaken, good fruit comes 
next. Um, could I have a volunteer to read a bit of scripture? Anyone? Anyone? Lizzie? Oh, no. JB? Yeah, Jonathan? Um, could you read for me uh, Acts 2, uh, verse 42 to 47? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, tending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Brilliant. Thank you, JB. How encouraging is that? Really encouraging. <laughs> um, what repeated word sticks out to you from this passage? Anyone? Okie dokie. Breaking bread. Okay. For me... Great answer. But for me, in my notes, um, it was and. You know, this happened and then that happened. There's almost like, the you know, when you honour Jesus, there is fruit from it that comes next. So when looking up this quote, I hope I'm in the right one still, yeah. When looking up this quote, um, I don't think I searched for fear in terms of the, um, what quote, quote am I referring to, Adam? When looking up the quote for uh, the Terry Virgo one, sorry, uh, the fear. Uh, when looking up this quote, I don't think I search for fear in the search engine, but it has certainly spoke to me in terms of excitement. Thinking back to the Bear Grylls one at the very beginning, the whole thing of bravery and trust. Let us not give fear a foothold in the advancement of honouring Jesus. So, secondly, have you ever had a really good friend? When it's just you and them, there is such chemistry. You get on really well. But when there's a big group of you, you sometimes get left out. Your really good friend almost leaves you out to a certain degree in pursuit of wanting to be known. In some senses, there's no evidence of the good friendship that the two of you have because they're ignoring you in a group setting. Why is that, I've put in bold? Is it fear of peer pressure of the other person? I'm sure we could kind of stand and sit here on our tables and kind of come up with a few potential reasons. Separation, anxiety, etc. But what I think of in the context of the first point of hope is honour Jesus. Give evidence of the fact that you are a child of God. So the obvious scenario example of overcoming fear from what I just shared will be whenever you return to work or see an unbelieving friend or relative... When they ask you, what did you do on Sunday? What do you say? Looking back at the physical and emotional symptoms of fear, some of you, some of you may be feeling them now, but when the time comes, you may get dry mouth, your heartbeat may increase, you may tremble. So when that person says, what do you do on Sunday? And your kind of heart's, heart's beating. But what does scripture say? What does scripture say, sorry? 
fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Honour Jesus, make him known in the stillness and in the public place. I've put straight off the back of that. The more you honour him, the fuller, the fuller your Christian life will be. Give evidence that you are a child of God. There will be overlap in terms of the vision, so we'll kind of see more of this kind of stuff later on. Secondly, obey his word, um, as I think Ian said a moment ago. So it says in the little bump on the website, we encourage one another to read God's word and follow the leading of his spirit as he inspires us towards faithful obedience and lasting transformation. Tim Keller, a guy that we know quite well from where we did our Zoom Thursday nights, um, says this, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I'll say that again. The gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. Do you have a fear of failure? Let's make 2022 a year of breakthrough. Building one another up, challenging one another and spurring each other on. Utilising the idea of running partners. Not just for one anothering, how are you, how are you? Uh, But for the building up of his kingdom. You are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. So obey his word. I've got to be careful how I put this across. I've run this by my lovely wife, Lizzie. (laughs) Um, But don't get so used to God's word that it is ineffective in your life. I'll say that again. Don't get too used to God's word that it is ineffective in your life. When reading scripture, is there an and or a therefore moment? Or do you read it and are just sometimes unaffected by what you've read? Can I encourage you? It's said in that Terry Virgo quote, but above all, quench not the spirit, rather be filled with the spirit and give evidence of the fact that you are. It says in Acts 2, 28, you have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of your gladness with your presence. As we look to God's word, may fear be gone. He, the creator of heaven and earth, has made known to us In Costa Sittingbourne, the paths of life. So I've put far too many dots on my notes. Um, The steps on that path may be hidden, as we've already heard. The destination too. But we are called to obey obey his word and honour him. So next up, pray beyond ourselves. We aspire to be a people who not only pray for one another, but whose spiritual hearts and minds are focused on the condition and needs of our wider world, including those whom Jesus has placed us among. So it says in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. That's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now fear can lead us to turn inwards. Can't it? You know, we're living, as Gordon's kind of touched upon, COVID times, all that kind of thing. We can 
kind of go quite introverted and lead, lead inwards. But it challenges us here to pray without ceasing. And I would argue, it asks us, to pray into and give thanks in all circumstances. I believe this year, perhaps more than any, is one where we need to pray for the condition and needs of not just the wider world, but even more closer to home. It can be daunting, but we can do it without fear. The challenge is, be not dismayed, as it says in that scripture from Acts, if things don't happen. Why? Because he is still God. There's a song um, that we've sung not many times, I think it's called Desert Song by Hillsong. And um, just as I type that bit out, I kind of reminded myself of the bridge. And it says, all of my life, in every season, you are still God. I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to worship. Praying for other people, how does that make you feel? What thoughts are conjured up? And lastly, everyone a witness. So it says, we encourage one another towards gospel confidence so that Jesus might be made known to everyone, everywhere, every day, through his words, works and wonders. There we go, Teresa, everywhere. We give you that one. So once again, I'll say it again, just to kind of, you know, push the point home. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. How many times in the last year... Have you spoken to someone outside of this room about Jesus? Very funny, okay. We're in 2022, the year's not that long. Um, <laughs> last week, last week perhaps, have you spoken to anyone about Jesus? Last month, within the last month. Okay, I'll stop. You may have heard a similar story before, but just as Hope Church was starting, Lizzie and I, along with Jonathan and Teresa, headed to Colchester for a conference called Call to Go. It was nice, not too many sessions, you know, quite manageable, uh, until one morning, Dave Barham, who some of you may know from Chafford 100 in Essex, led a session. He asked us that very same question. <laughs> not many hands went up. And although in a constructive way, he challenged us, why more hands didn't go up, it was, yeah, a bit fearful. What happened next was incredibly fearful. You know, we're there, called to go, learning about kind of church planting and all that kind of stuff. And Dave turned around and said, you're all going out on the streets, knocking on people's homes, yeah, either knocking on people's homes or going to the streets. And you're going to do it with someone that you don't know. So I didn't go with Lizzie, I don't think Teresa went with Jonathan. Um, the symptoms covered the whole list that I shared earlier, I can tell you now. <laughs> and that was just Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> I've written that in my notes, I'm sorry, Jonathan. Um, chest pain, chills, dry mouth, nausea, rapid heartbeat, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, upset, stomach to a degree. Fear. So I used to deliver the Prince's Trust team programme, and in doing so taught a lot around comfort zones, stretch zones, panic zones. We're going into a lot of theory this morning. I hope that's okay, Gordon. Um, especially when it came to residentials and encouraging young people to abseil down 50-foot walls. You do it when you lose. Maybe, he says, maybe. But if, it, but if you're interested, there is loads of good theory which explains why these symptoms take place. So you've got three circles within each other. 
kind of cir- a ball in the middle, circle, then another circle, then another circle around that. The smallest one is your comfort zone. Who's heard of your comfort zone? Yeah, hopefully there's a lot of nods. Uh, this is where fear lives, it says, I've, according to the internet, good old internet. This is where fear lives. Action is limited or sporadic and excitement wanes. The next one is your stretch zone. So the next one. This is where excitement lives. Action is taken and fear disappears. And the outside one, the last one, is your panic zone. This is where disbelief lives and fears stop all action. And I'm sure you've heard other quotes around, you know, um, you never learn anything in the comfort zone and all that kind of stuff. What zone do you think uh, it best to be in to grow in gospel confidence? Do you think it's comfort zone? Do you think it's the stretch zone? Do you think it's the panic zone? Any offers? Stretch, says Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that, I'd say that. Um, and that's definitely, what, <laughs> that's definitely what happened when we were in Colchester. You know, going out, people that you don't know, knocking on doors, definitely in that stretch zone, and in some cases, panic. Because the first few times, no one answered the door. And it was like, yeah, got away with that one. And then someone opened the door, and it was kind of teetering between stretch and panic. I love the term um, from Romans chapter 8 where it says more than conquerors concerning God's everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things, it says? If God is for us, what's the rest of it say? Who can be against us? Exactly. It then goes on detailing the richness of Christ's love for us and his justice. And then in verse 37 it says, No, in all these things... We're more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then as many of us all know, as we've just said, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. Isn't that incredible? When looking at fear earlier on in the talk, especially the thing of flooding, I found it quite interesting. The essence being that you're in a kind of flux state, like I mentioned earlier, between the stretch zone and panic zone. Although it's a treatment, I would like to go through... Uh, although it's a treatment I would like to go through with for a prolonged period of time understand the premise you know sometimes it's good to kind of be in that that state not just in one for a long period of time so when I return to the gym next week after a prolonged period away the more I go the more I attempt to lift attempt being the operative word the heavier I'll be able to lift as time goes on I'm not flooding myself in terms of being fearful but I'm putting myself in a position where I grow in strength through more and more testing. So when I was in Colchester and I went around knocking on doors with someone I barely knew, the one time I shared the gospel, like I said, I'm, I'm going off-piste, there we go, saying my notes before I've even got to them. Um, I shared the gospel with someone, is something that I'll remember for a long time. The thing is, because it's been such a long time since that experience, I'll probably experience some of those symptoms if we do something similar in the near future. But like with anything, the more exposed I become to it, the more confident I will be. I hope that rings true for you as well, in the things that perhaps you are fearful of. So as I finish, and go into a few pen-written notes from before the meeting, the thing that God really challenged me on when Gordon asked me to prepare something was to fear not. Easier said than done in the flesh. But as we've heard, and I'll repeat it again from Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, 
for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And it says, it said in one of the verses of that new song that Gordon played earlier, one of the verses, I googled it and it says, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all and you still call me friend. And then, just with regard to that song as well, the Hillsong one, it says you are chosen. And Ephesians 4 It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So as I come to an end, I've kind of gone round the houses. Hopefully there's been a central theme. I said to Lizzie, I've crossed it out of my notes, but... Sometimes preachers can be nice Christmas dinners, you know, sectioned on uh, plates. Whereas I kind of like sat there this morning thinking, actually, it's like a Christmas leftover pie. The structured parts are all in that pie, but it still tastes good. So, uh, yeah. I wonder if we could pray, Gordon. I don't know whether we've got time. Um, be really good to kind of have time on our tables. Um, I don't know how long I've been, I've probably gone over, but just thinking about the fact that, yes, it can be a bit cliche, but may this be a momentous day for Hope Church. Yeah, may this be a time where actually we can just kind of be honest, perhaps, with each other, kind of just sharing fears that we've got that perhaps we just want to lay down as we head into this new year, whether it be kind of being everyone a witness or whether it being praying for other people, whether it being honouring Jesus, not just on a Sunday here, but in your workplace, in your sports clubs, all those kind of things. So maybe if we could just spend a few moments just on our tables, feel free to join with other people if you want to make it a bit, uh, bit more of a household. <laughs> um, and just kind of praying, praying through fears that perhaps we've got, pray for breakthrough, because um, he is for us and not against us.